0: text me back immediately or answer my phone call. <laughs> I went into this like four second emotional fucking spiral. I'm like, oh my god, she got into a car accident, <laughs> dropping the kids off at school, and she's in the hospital, where she's dead, and nobody's totally I was going, and then I was
1: like, relax. Sorry, I was no, don't be. I got wrapped up in. um No, because that's my immediate response, too. So I'm like, I would I would want to know. I did wake up to this. I want to I just want to read this. So like this is how I feel like we're dedicated to what we do. I want to read. I woke up at 430 this morning to this text from Gabe last night. I am so excited to record tomorrow. I have two videos I've taken of funny things I need to send to you when we record. And I'm wondering if you're going to send me the same things because we are fucking emotional twins. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's funny? I have two Hmm. things recorded that I thought were very funny. I actually have three, but the third one I was just like, "Eh." it's not one of the two. I have two that I think are the things. Okay. I mean, I can't I can't imagine they wouldn't match up, but we'll see. I'm gonna send we'll you We'll see if our friendship is over or not. <laughs> Wait, don't I'm, send I'm gonna send, it to send you are you gonna send okay. okay or do you wanna send it to me right now? Or should we do it why don't we do it when it comes up? Because for the scenes I always write I took a video. Okay. Oh I wonder. I know it. I know. It. At
0: least one I know for sure. It has to be. Yeah, one is Stabler and one is and one is Benson.
1: Oh, see, one for me is Stabler, and one is um, not either of them. Huh. Interesting. Okay.
0: Welcome to SVU Pod, especially heinous. I'm Gabe. I'm Tasha. We are on season four, episode twenty-four. Perfect. We're. This is this is the, this this the second, second to last, last episode. <laughs> yeah oh my god thanks to claire i won't say her last name for driving all the way from minnesota to get a tattoo by me
1: yeah i wanted to stop in
0: i know i i wanted to hang out with her afterwards but i just fucking did not have time yeah it sucked she was really cool super nice and funny and i was like we would totally hang out with her if she lived here oh i know she was great
1: come back and get another one come back claire and i'll give you a tattoo (laughs)
0: <laughs> Wait, what did she get? Oh, she got this skull with a candle burning over it. Oh, I'll show you that. Yeah, that's did like you? a classic, isn't it? That's what. Yeah,
1: Walter, honey,
0: see, You're just chewing. Oh, cute. Then she told me about this tattoo shop in Minneapolis, I think, called Bees, mm. like like bee, like bumblebees, bees, mm-hmm. and it's all like just fucking badass, awesome lady tattooers that work there. Oh. Mm. And I looked them up and I was like, oh, my God, their shit is so awesome. And they're all cool. They're like hot girls, <laughs> hot girl tattoos shop.
1: <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. I'm all sorry. Right. I have to take Walter's fucking chewy. I'm sorry, buddy. I've got a you sweet little nugget. Come here. I know. You can have this when we're done, okay? John gets him these really, like, he's obsessed with these things. These uh, dehydrated cheese bone things. Mm-hmm. They're really crunchy. Oh, my God. So yesterday was our wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. nine years so we're almost done just kidding that was a (laughs) was a straight fucking bite of a louis ck joke from 10 years ago we went to the spa and had like a nice little spa day and Mm -hmm. went to tornado for dinner and i haven't get? i got a with the scallops no i got a fucking ribeye i couldn't carry it with one hand you know how like you carry a plate in one hand Mm -hmm. you need two hands It was huge. Mm. It came out, it was bone in, almost like a tomahawk steak, but the bone Mm. was like a little bit short. It was gigantic and everyone commented on it. And I'm like, fuck (laughs) you.
0: (laughs) Let me live. Tornado Room is so good. Their late night menu, the fucking scallops and that Mm -hmm. steak sandwich, dude. Fucking A.
1: I hadn't been there for like 10 years or something. Mm. It's not even called Tornado Room anymore. What? They don't call it the Tornado Room. It's uh, anybody who knows it calls it tornado room. Cyclone cyclone dormitory
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> A twist your crawl space. <laughs> no, it's um it's just tornado now, I guess. Keep calling it whatever. Torn- tornado I, steakhouse. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Which I know. I'm just like, no. Sorry. Sorry, it's always going to be the Tornado Room to me. Sorry, yeah. But yeah, so it's, yeah, that was fucking deluge. Mm. Oh, their, their French onion soup. I have had some shit French onion soup that tastes like dishwater. It was so good.
0: You know what? I don't think I've, I've had like French onions, tasted French onion soup at like Country Cafe in some prairie or Mm-mm. something. But like, I don't like
1: floppy onions. You have to have a good French onion soup to determine because it's like I I just don't I don't like the I don't
0: I don't like cooked onions because they're like rubbery and they look like worms to me mm-hmm. and I can't get into it. If and those it, are gonna be an in all-in French onion, an all. But French if they're cooked well, who cares? Like, who cares about any of this? I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know. Wait. So,
0: what do you mean if they're cooked well? I mean, Like, do they it, have a crunch
1: let, to them? Let, no, no, no. They're not crunchy, but they're not like, they're not, they don't have that firm sliminess. I know exactly what you mean when you're like, you know, the, the worm, but you have to saute them to a degree that they're nearly disintegrating. The texture is not like that rubbery warm texture. It's, it's, it's not, no, it's not the texture in my mouth. It's how it acts.
0: It's physical.
1: It's okay. How it behaves. It's fucking attitude. (laughs) It's. It's like. I don't know. I just can't. It's like.
0: Yeah, it's just like a worm. Um,
1: yeah, you're going to have to have good French onion soup because then there's like Gruyere cheese and like a big old crunchy thing on top. I mean... I do like the cheese and the cr- and the bread that you're like dipping with the br- it. So what you're really doing is you're creating a base. The onions are just to create a base for the broth, which is, it just adds this insane flavor. It's not about having like a pile of onions. So then could you take the onions out after you've made the base? Yeah, you could. Yeah. Oh. You don't... It's how it, you like, make... Hmm?
0: Why don't you invite me over and, and make me the perfect French <laughs> onion soup?
1: I, I could do that. Yeah. It's it's the go. same as making like a really good roux. You know, like you have mm-hmm. to like cook it at the right temperature for the l- stir the right amount. You ha- yeah. Like when you think that you've cooked the onions long enough, you haven't. You need to cook them longer. Like you need to do it. Yeah. It's
0: that's what I say when people put want to put Parmesan cheese on my mm-hmm. stuff. They're like, tell me how much you want. When do you want me to stop? And I'm like, and you're like, when do you get much, off work? Not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how many bricks you got?
1: All right, let's fucking. Or it's like
0: the same, the same thing with garlic. The recipe is like two cloves of garlic, and I'm like, so seven then. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: same. Oh no, that uh, John was just saying it the other day. Oh, when we were because we were at the spa and we got lunch there and we ordered a caesar salad and he's like mm, it's not like your caesar dressing and i'm like no shit it ain't because they probably use a normal amount of garlic and he's like i like when the garlic feels like it's biting you in your mouth
0: <laughs> yeah that's you make a killer fucking caesar thank you dressing okay it's, we're 10 minutes in okay oh my god Opening scene, a squad car pulls up with the lights on. Officers get out and they're going over and they talk to this shop owner outside of his store. He's out of breath and like nearly crying.
1: To a degree, at first he the fucking cop comes up to this guy and he's like what happened? And the guy's like, he robbed me. And the cop's like, okay, okay, fucking calm down. And I'm like, the guy wasn't even freaking out. He wasn't. N- he, I mean, he kind of got a little teary, but he wasn't like. Huh, huh. I thought he was like, I've been
0: shot. He went over there, or, or he said he'd been shot.
1: Did he? That's. I think he said, I I heard a shot.
0: Oh, I heard a shot. Yeah, I heard a shot. He went over there. But two other cops have already ran after the dude and caught up with him. Mm -hmm. Shots are heard. The officers that were talking to that guy run over and where the other cops are and they have the suspect in handcuffs and stuff. They're all walking back to the squad cars when one officer finds a girl slumped on the side of the brick wall. She's been shot in the head. She's covered in a blanket and has like red ribbons in her hair and she looks really young. Mm -hmm. Benson and Stabler are now at the crime scene. Stabler is confused as to why they've been called to assist with an officer involved shooting. They thought that it was the officers that did it. They see Lieutenant Tucker aka Fucker from IAB. (laughs) Tucker shows him the victim. You fucking got him. <laughs> Gotta <him>, bitch. <laughs> Eat this dick. Lieutenant fucker, you sexy old man. <laughs> You're gonna be Lieutenant fucking Benson in a couple seasons. <laughs> Uh, Tucker shows them the victim it's a black female in her teens possibly a runaway sleeping on the streets. Fucker thinks she was probably trafficked and abused because she had a bunch of bird
1: marks on her arms mm-hmm. and then they show them and you're like oh no. But also because of the nice blanket and the bows in her hair and everything mm-hmm. he's like this isn't your average child experiencing homelessness. Yeah. There's something else to this person's story.
0: Benson and Stabler are like fuck this. This isn't us. Mm-hmm. You want to give it to SVU so it doesn't look like an officer involved shooting. Like you want to cover your ass. Yeah. And Tucker Parker's like, no, that's it's not that. <laughs> SVU is like really good at dealing with parents and all that. but and Steve are like, nope, and start walking off. or follows them and says that they want things to look clean from the start and the girl was abused. Finally, Tucker's like, I need a favor. Mm. Benson Stabler stop in their tracks, turn around hissed, and Benny's like, all the times you jammed us up for shit, now you want to play nice? You got a set of balls on you for asking for anything.
1: A set of balls that I'm gonna see someday, but right now I'm not aware of it. Yeah, Why don't you pull Tucker's out those like, balls and show me what kind of balls you got? Let's weigh them. <laughs> put them in my hands. Put them on my kitchen scale.
0: <laughs> we'll get a bowl, then I'll tarot that out and I'll put it on again and it'll get the correct... <laughs>
1: Grams or ounces. Are we role playing? Is it grams or ounces? (laughs) Tell me. Are we in Britain? What's going on? Stabes has a locked jaw this entire fucking episode. He's like, Mm -hmm. if we find out a cop shot that girl, you expect us to keep it quiet? (sighs) Yeah. Tucker just, that last line that he delivered in that scene, he Mm -hmm. just wanted to make sure that we don't forget that these are television police. Mm -hmm. And I, I have not seen this episode in... 20 years and as soon as he started he goes you don't want to do it for me and i to myself in my kitchen went fine do it for her and he went fine
0: do it for her (laughs) oh my god i do the same thing (laughs) tv cops theme song (laughs) that's so funny i'm trying to think of times where i've been like but it was drugs (laughs) it was drugs (laughs) (laughs) do it for her Uh, Okay, we're at the crime scene the next day. Cyper from Ballistics and SVU investigate the scene. So Cyper found seven slugs, but they're too damaged for microscopic work. Shell casings were found and were matched to the weapon. The bullet that hit the victim passed through a steel drum before reaching her. So Cyper has different marks set up where the cops and the perp were standing. Mm -hmm. And she has this like laser that's going through the bullet hole. And it looks like it was the perp that shot her. And they're like, whew.
1: Cool. So the whole first part of this episode... It was yeah. not necessary. means nothing. And we don't need to yeah. see Tucker again. We never see him again. There was po- no point to this. I don't know what that was. Or There's they just
0: a- really wanted to be like
1: balls. They need... <laughs> You know, they just needed like we need a fresh setup. Tucker needs screen time.
0: His kid probably needed braces. So he's like, can you throw me in a fucking episode? Like, I I need a couple extra bucks.
1: Now we're at the Emmy's office. Corner Warner says that the victim was already dead for like four or five hours when she was shot. And I'm like, bye, Tucker. Never mind. Bye. Yeah. The girl's body was still warm on the scene, but it was beginning to rigor by the time she got to the Emmy office, which didn't track for me. I know. Still warm after four hours in the cold like they're all wearing coats outside you know what i mean i don't know corner warner also said the victim looked to have not have been bathed in weeks she gives benny the girl's personal effects some discount clothes and a necklace and an infinity symbol on a chain Mm -hmm. i was like no side note if you're looking to get a tattoo from gabe make sure it's an infinity symbol on your inner (laughs) wrist or behind your ear thank you oh i'll kill you Don't come for me. Don't do it. Don't. I mean, don't email me. <laughs> don't come. For, I'm like, why would they come for you? No, just don't contact me about that. Gabe loves doing small, very simple, maybe like an arrow.
0: You know what? Every time anybody's ever said, every tattoo artist thinks this too. They're like, anytime somebody says it's super simple, you—that's when you know it's like very difficult. Like it's just straight line work where you cannot make a mistake. You have nothing to shade off of. It's mm-hmm. just like you're like, fuck you. <laughs> it's real simple. It's just a fucking one inch realistic fucking penny <laughs> or whatever. You're like, fuck, okay. it should take you 15 minutes. Don't tell me how long it takes me to do my job. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, Based on just like knowing tattooers and stuff, it's like if I want something done, I'll just email someone and be like, this is what I like. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> i almost feel like that's what i should do but yeah any yeah
0: i mean i don't give it's just you know how like when you're doing something all the time Uh like you hear the same things all the time and some people get like really annoyed and kind of bitch at people that do that but it's like these people aren't in the industry or whatever the fuck you call it like they're not they don't tattoo every day they don't know all the stuff so you can't really like blame them Uh just because i have to say 70 times a day it's too small (laughs) it's too small yeah. It's too small. The lines will blob together. It's too small. Doesn't you know, but also the shit, but they but don't know that, you know? It's just it don't too know.
1: bad that people don't like you see shit on Pinterest, you know, and people are like, Oh, well, this is a tattoo on Pinterest and it's like, Yeah, or it's, you know, something that somebody put on there to look like it's a whatever. It's like when I used to do cakes and shit, people would be like, mm-hmm. Can you do this cake that I saw on TV that obviously costs like twenty five hundred dollars for six hundred dollars? And I'd be like, No, mm. I can't. And you'd yeah. be like, Well, this other place can and I'm like, Okay, well, good luck. To that being what you wanted when it shows up that day, but I can't do that for that price. Yeah. Like it's just you know.
0: Yeah, I love that. Like, well, down the street they do it. But I'm like, well, why? Are, why are you here then? Go down the street, right? And then I'll see you later. And yeah. I have to cover it up. No, <laughs> oh, I'm joking. My shit's cover upable. So okay, cover upable. So
1: infinity symbol. Fuck them.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So what the detectives originally thought were burns on this girl are actually cockroach bites, and they happened when she was alive mm in my notes I wrote Stabe's face haha I don't know what it's, I don't know what I meant by that but I think he probably he was, was like d-
0: he was behind there doing this like <laughs> yeah you're right about the tight uh, thing
1: corner warner tells them that the bites wouldn't swell if it had happened after she died and cockroaches don't bite unless someone isn't moving so she was either restrained when she was bit or she was so sick she couldn't move mm-hmm. Ugh. in the precinct the squad's going over everything okay this girl was held captive somewhere really icky and then dumped at the scene the blanket And hair ribbons could be a sign that whoever left her there cared for her in some way or another. Mm. Munch gets off the phone and has a positive ID for the Vic. Samantha Tassler. She disappeared from Pennsylvania around eight months ago. They all remember her and working on her disappearance. Like, I didn't go off on this really, but they were like, Samantha Tassler. And somebody goes, oh, my God, from Philly. And then Toots is like, um, actually from 4th Street and 26th. uh, They deal with insane (laughs) cases every single day. And they're like, here's a girl from months ago that we fucking remember
0: Yeah. Oh my god! When they find Jessica, and they're like, that girl looks kind of familiar. And they're like, fifty feet away, and they're like, that's the girl that went missing <laughs> in Michigan. What? Meanwhile, there's. Do you guys like sit in? A- do you guys like sit in a bath in, a- in the bathtub at night and like go over all the cop things that are
1: happening in the world? They're like that guy from Cool Runnings that's just like watching track video over and over. I don't remember. Do you know what- <laughs> What's his name? No. Everybody else like goes out, and he's it's it's like the leader guy, the one who was like, oh, we gotta be like the Swiss, Ein you seen That movie
0: a long time. That was a good movie. John Candy, man.
1: I remember right where I was when John Candy died. Like, that's how influential he was. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Our librarian was reading a book to us, and I was in elementary school. And the secretary lady came in and she goes, hey, John Candy just died. And I was like, <gasps> then also i'm like we're in like fourth grade like what are you doing in here this
0: um has nothing to do with well it reminded me of it because john candy was funny and so was chris farley Uh but i remember where i was when princess diana died Uh because i was watching i was watching saturday night live yeah chris farley was on and he was being funny and it cut to being like Breaking news, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Get out of here, Chris Farley is on." <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't care about the monarchy or whatever. I also remember where I was when Chris Farley died, and everybody at my school, people wore black and shit the next day. My sister met my,
0: my older sister met Chris Farley.
1: You told me she worked that. at
0: the movie theater. Oh yeah, that's right. I met his mom once. I went to his grave. I saw it. it yeah, is it in Madison? I would guess. Yeah,
1: it's weird. I haven't been there. Okay. W- what are we doing? Okay. Uh. Oh yeah. So they knew who this girl was. <laughs> it's just a photo match at this point so i'm not sure if they're about to re-traumatize her parents who are coming in by letting them know their daughter is dead or telling them that she's dead and it's not her i guess we're gonna see it can go either way with these guys like holy shit your daughter's dead and she was also not a college student but a sex worker they're like what? right
0: yeah she had whole foods in her stomach so she wasn't a sex worker and you're like what to quinoa or something (laughs) so she doesn't do blowjobs for a couple bucks?
1: What? You know, they've seen it all. Now Samantha's parents are in the precinct. They're holding hands and they're being like super supportive of each other, physically leaning on one another. I can't imagine. They're talking to Benny and Stabes in this interview Mm -hmm. room. Okay, so dad has been in a bunch of stuff, including the show Power. It's that show that 50 cent produced or whatever Mm, i don't know but it was huge i've been meaning to watch it he was on house of cards law and order regular and a ton of other recognizable stuff mom is also crushing it with roles in only murders in the building manifest the blacklist damages 30 rock the blind side black snake moan the butler ton 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 and this is yeah she's really familiar Yes. This is the second of four SVU appearances for her. Mm. Dad tells the detectives that Samantha was supposed to be given a ride home from a friend's older brother one night and she never got home. And I'm like, where's the older brother? I got real Gabe this episode. I was making awful (laughs) predictions.
0: (laughs) I love how like I was I was just listening to the last episode that came out whenever Mm -hmm. and you were like, you're so good at this. On the last, and then we- and then now you're like, I'm totally gaming, <laughs> making terrible. D-
1: <laughs> Staves gives them the bag of Samantha's things, and they don't recognize any of it. Here I go. OMG, is it not Samantha? Did they prep them with a maybe? This is your daughter. At least, oh,
0: God. they don't even recognize the necklace with the infinity, the He Who Shall Not Be Named <laughs> sign.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Now we're in the crime scene lab. Munch and Toots speak with the lab tech about the necklace. So, this necklace is solid platinum. The lab guy is surprised Samantha had it while living on the streets and didn't sell it for food or something. It's handmade. And there's some kind of coating on it called rhodium or something that makes it shiny as hell and it's like not been popular in this country for decades. Also, it has initials on it that link it to a jewelry shop in the village owned by Ross St. Clair. And I was hoping we were going to see John DeMunch. John DeMunch. But
1: well, and this necklace based on these stats he's giving, this necklace is worth almost $1,000, he tells them. And they're Mm. like, Jesus. And also, I'm like, what a basic ass necklace to get (laughs) handmade
0: Yeah, maybe that was like a really big deal back then. I mm-hmm. know. I mean, there's a reason why it's so popular. It had to start somewhere. I think I actually wrote about this. I'm like, did SVU start the infinity trend? Because <laughs> if it did, we're done with this podcast. We're done.
1: Okay, they go over to Ross St. Clair, this jewelry maker, right? They're outside talking to this guy. This is actor Brian Reddy. This guy, again, is in a ton of stuff. And my favorite is a short that I had to take a break and watch it's called Farm Sluts. Okay. Oh, I, yes. <laughs> I watched it on YouTube. It's 17 minutes and hilarious. I don't love that Farm Sluts is in my search history now, but it's worth it. It is the first well, thing that came to mind now, too. Cause I was <laughs> like, oh my God, what's gonna come up when I put Farm Sluts in there? Chris Parnell is the lead. He gets fired from his office job for accidentally opening animal porn and has to move back in with his parents. And they keep catching him trying to kill himself. But every time he does, he fucks it up. And when they catch him, it looks like he's Wait, doing Chris some- Parnell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. When they walk in, it looks like he's just doing some kink shit instead. <laughs> it's a great. It's great. <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, he's in it. He plays his dad and he does a really good, like, disappointed in you dad face. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is Ross Saint Clair. He doesn't recognize Samantha from the photo that they show him, but he does recognize the necklace. He's like, "I don't get a lot of teenagers in my store. My jewelry is too expensive." Mm. He asks if something happened to the girl that was wearing the necklace, and Benson goes, "Actually, she's dead." And this guy literally goes, "Jeez, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's, that's the, I took, yeah. here. That's I took a video of. That was one of my oh, things. I laughed, yeah. so hard. Jeez." Actually,
0: Actually, she's dead. Jeez.
1: Jeez. So this necklace, he says, was made for Garrett Lang. He's a regular customer. It was eight hundred bucks. Ross said that Garrett came in and paid for one hundred of these necklaces be made, and he paid upfront.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a shit ton of money. Yep.
1: Dude also left him a stack of business cards to hand out to his better-paying customers.
0: In the Lang Foy Clinic, Ashton Kutcher slash <gasps> Topher, Topher Grace mashup.
1: Oh, my what? God. What? Dr. Lang. People probably know him as Brian Kinney on the series Queer as Folk, but not me. He's nerdy Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I wrote Ashton
0: Kutcher slash Topher Grace mashup. Mm -hmm. Look at their faces side by side in the the cast of the semi show and you're like, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. AKA his name is Lang. He tells Benson Stamler that he gives the necklace to all of his patients. I'm sorry, $800 necklace to all of your patients? That's fucking insane. Right. They're like, what do you do? Who are you? What do you do that you can do this? Lang then asked Stabler how old he is. He's like, early 40s, right? And Stabler's like, actually, late 30s, why? And then I'm like, oh my god, what? Late 30s? Stabler's always like 45 to me, Mm -hmm. or 50. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have done nothing with my life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Okay. We're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, jeez. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Lang starts talking about stamina with aging, etc. Lang treats his patient with HGH, which is human growth hormone, Mm -hmm. and testosterone. Lang doesn't treat kids, nor does he recognize Samantha. Then Benson's like, well, what about Dr. Foy? Does he do kids? Hold
1: on. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not, not that.
0: Benson asks about Dr. Foy, and if he treats kids, he laughs. He's like, <laughs> there is no Foy. Foy means fountain of youth.
1: Duh. I hate
0: this fucking piece of shit. They tell him that Samantha was found dead and she was wearing the necklace. Also, in this fucking place, there's this like ginormous infinity sign hanging from the ceiling. Oh, I hate yeah. it. They want a list of all the patients, but he's obviously not going to give them to him.
1: Yeah, so he's like, okay, well, I don't treat kids, and this is a kid that you found. So maybe somebody that I did treat gave it to her, but I'm not going to give you any information on them. Right. Pube. In the precinct, they're reviewing all the information they've got on Lang. He was a high-achieving academic, Stanford, Yale fellowships, etc., mm-hmm. and had a high-achieving career before he opened up the clinic. He's got big old creds. He mm-hmm. believes that hormones can reverse the aging process. Okay, this is where I gaped out. I'm like, OMG, he's harvesting stem cells. Wait, right? He's using women to grow fetuses to harvest the hormones. OMG, <laughs> I am dead on or way the fuck off. Is that even how it works? <laughs> Anyway, toots, Hates the fringe edges of medicine, whereas Munch is kind of into it. And he's like, "I would take some shit to add lean muscle to what you lovingly call my bony ass." <laughs> <laughs> like you've been carrying that around for a while, haven't you, Munch? Because <laughs> Toots said that a while ago. And he's like, "I'm gonna right." Uh, I've got this whole certain I am coming it's been with three it
0: three years, and now <laughs> is the time. And Toots is just like, oh, "Doctors are just dealers with licenses," mm-hmm. which is kind of true. But
1: also, like, you're really teetering on the edge of like anti with all that shit so not here for that right. toots relax we get it you were in narcotics this is I feel like in, in two, was this 2003 or something? Yeah. I don't know yeah it's a pretty
0: hot topic because I think this is around the time that like Bush made cloning and stem cell stuff illegal remember do you kind of remember that
1: yeah yeah because the dolly stuff the with the sheep and everything that was in the 90s like late 90s mmm i think so i, I say I, I looked into dolly stuff like later when she said that dolly lived six years so i think i don't i don't remember what year she was cloned i mean i remember when it happened when i was a kid but yeah so craigen breaks it up and says that much can go hit the gym after work fucking focus you never know what he's gonna let you talk about and what he's gonna be like <laughs> knock it off yeah. At
0: this point, Stable's like, you know what? I really love the kids. And Craig is like, go do some push ups. We don't have time for this.
1: You can have your kids on your own time, which doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm glad I added that to the joke. I'm glad.
0: I'm glad you did because mine failed. Yeah, mine <laughs> so. Mine elevated it a lot. <laughs> I added a lot of humor to that moment. <laughs> Kath and the twins come in. Craig is like, get the fuck out of here. We're copping. Okay, let's just Twins! Go this
1: at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, At this point, nothing links Lang to Samantha's death. Craigan wants Benny and Stabes to go wait out the ME to get the GD autopsy report. Yeah, when he says it's it was backlogged, I was thinking like weeks, not like three hours. I know, or maybe they were just you know they're like, well, this will we'll get to this, and Craigan's like, make them get to it.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: can't you do that for other things?
0: I mean, it's a bo- it's a human body that you
1: gotta slice and dice. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was doing the Terminator hands. Yeah, you were. You looked like you were skiing as the T one thousand. Pizza, French fries, pizza, French. fries. <laughs> In Corner Warner's office, facial tissue traces and dried saliva were found on Samantha's cheek and are being tested. The cause of death was determined to be a blood clot in her lung from severe dehydration because she had had no fluids between five and ten days. I
0: thought it was only three days that you could survive without liquid. Um, I didn't know it at all. I thought it was three days. I,
1: th- I think I also thought it was three days, but I mean, maybe that's when you can like turn a corner. I don't know. Mm. Well, what about 127 hours? When did that guy run out of water? I
0: don't know. I never watched it. I didn't. Oh. The whole cutting through his arm thing. I couldn't do I couldn't deal with it. With
1: a fucking Swiss army knife.
0: And then breaking it.
1: Oh my God, dude. Wild. <laughs> I gotta watch that again. It's crazy. That's so so Did crazy. Did they show it? Huh? Did they show it? Uh not like show it, show it, but you know, it's not, not just, graphic. You know. The guy had to fucking cut his arm off to survive. <laughs> I would have just died. I'd been like <laughs> finally. <laughs> And it's
0: not even my fault.
1: (laughs) Corner Warner examined Samantha's reproductive system and found 12 eggs had been released at the same time, which would only happen with IVF. She was also carrying an eight-week-old fetus. OMG, she's 14! I know. What the fuck? Am I right? Am yes. I right, though? No, that was what I said. Holy shit. Am I right? Is what I wrote in my notes. Because yes. I'm like, oh, my God. Is this guy harvesting stem cells? Is this what he's doing? <laughs> I thought that I fucking <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> it didn't. Ugh. Back at the precinct, Benson and Stabler are walking and talking with Cabot. Benny and Stapes think Lang had something to do with Samantha's death based on the pregnancy and number of eggs released. He's a fucking infertility specialist for Cry Eye. Like that's they got shit right. to do. One has something to do with the other. Right. Cabot needs a direct link from Lang to Samantha, or she can't get shit from a judge to subpoena his records. Ugh.
0: They don't even have proof that Samantha even knew Lang at all. Mm-hmm. They have nothing. Yeah,
1: but that's why I'm like, he's an infertility specialist. I know. But and she's got have fucking like, like nine. Ninety eggs she's got yeah. fucking caviar there's a lot her. of like <laughs> <laughs> um, um, spread it all over a bellini
0: <laughs> jesus
1: not a bellini there's a what lot is of called, uh, a bellini's a drink what is what are those called those mini pancakes crackers no and the mini triscuits mini pancake for caviar Get those eggs on my ritz what is it t- <laughs> tiny pa- <laughs> uh it's called oh it's called a blini. okay
0: Anyways, she, fuck, I had something I was going to say and I forgot because we were talking about fucking Bellini. She
1: didn't know. Uh, There was no proof that they knew each other at this point. Yeah.
0: There was no- there's a lot of there's a ton of coincidences in this. Yeah. You know what I and mean? They,
1: and and all of the detectives seem to recognize it. Usually they're like, come on, isn't this enough Cabot? But all of them are kind of like, yeah, this doesn't really get us anywhere yet. This doesn't really get us anywhere. They say that a bunch throughout yeah. this whole episode. Yeah. Cabot tells them that a judge won't let them get the patient list but they can get IRS records, phone lists, and financial records.
0: In the precinct, the squad's reviewing Lang's records. Lang doesn't have any phones in his name, which is really weird. He has a lot of money and he owns a lot of real estate one property is being filed as a charity foundation for knowledge expansion it's a non knowledge enrichment program for young women at risk i'm like
1: okay Ooh, they should go there yeah
0: benson says i wonder if he's enriching these girls like he did samantha and i was like ooh, ooh. good one benson got him
1: <laughs> she looked around she's um, like right and they're like yeah
0: she's like do that thing with her tongue like <laughs> right you guys so now we're at the foundation for knowledge expansion benson and stabler are doing a stakeout out at the entrance to the building there's a bunch i thought
1: you said st- what? benson and stabler are doing a stank out at the
0: <laughs> there's a bunch of fucking girls that are going in there it's a big old brownstone benson says they don't look like typical at-risk teens but like whatever you don't have to you can be at risk and whatever but yeah
1: i know what she's saying right right yeah they don't benson all look like fucking that. stephanie tanner's friend Gigi. remember yeah i do <laughs> And and they're all, like, well-dressed and they look taken care
0: of. They have, like, uniforms on or something. Mm -hmm. Benson, from 50 feet away, Benson (laughs) recognizes one girl named Jessica Morris. She's like, oh, my God. Is that that girl that went missing around the same time as Samantha did? They're like, what the fuck is going on? And hop out of the car to knock on the door. And I was like, there's no fucking way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Benson was like, if she dyed her hair brown, it would be an actual match. I'm like, you don't recognize this person. (laughs) She's like, if she was a little bit younger, she dyed her hair brown. (laughs) She listed off a bunch of (laughs) shit. This older woman answers the door. Why did I write What's Her Face
1: book? This is actor Barbara Berry. She has... Oh, I wrote I wrote. What's Her Face, and, and it autocorrected to mm-hmm. book. This is actor Barbara Berry. She has 120 acting credits, so you've definitely seen her in something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing that stood out, she had a huge role in Suddenly Susan. She played Nana, and I was like, oh, I used to love that show. And then I was like, I probably didn't. I just watched any sitcom that was on in the 90s. Yeah. Suddenly Susan. Is that this song i think you're making that up but maybe i'm wrong i think i am suddenly suddenly susan, susan. no yeah you're singing isn't She's she walking lovely down <laughs> <the
0: road. laughs> oh i am i am
1: <laughs> isn't she wonderful
0: <laughs> suddenly, i just woke <laughs> up danny from singing that
1: <laughs> it's just every sitcom is just sung to the tune <laughs> she
0: step by step the family is a blended group <laughs> There's a guy that lives in a van.
1: <laughs> okay. The first Prince of Bel Air <laughs> he moves to Bel Air because his mom was worried about
0: him. This lady is. This lady, is shut up. This lady is. I got to Hold on. Let me do this. The shut lady up. Is shut awful. up. <laughs> shut up. Just shut up. Shut up. Ooh. ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it was so bad yeah okay <laughs> okay let me do this I, I gotta not go into it half laughing okay or you'll yell at me yeah because <clears throat> you're a bitch yeah
1: <laughs> just ask my neighbor join yeah. the patreon
0: i love how everybody was like
1: fuck that old <laughs> i know me too i really needed the support yeah oh my god so i john thing- listened to it and he's like i mm. already know this story but i'm gonna listen to it because there's a bunch of stuff that i said that i didn't say when i told him no spoilers but the thing that I said at the end of my conversation with her, he goes, oh, "I didn't know you said that," and I'm like, "I did." The dying husband thing? No, when I said you didn't say that to her. No, no, I didn't say that to her. No, when when yeah. I said um, when I said "fuck you," you Karen ass bitch. <laughs> he goes, "You said that." I'm like, "I yelled it."
0: God, was <laughs> he like, "Oh, I'm embarrassed but turned on." <laughs> um, he he likes it. <laughs> Yeah. The lady is super confused because she didn't call the police and doesn't know why they're there. Mm-hmm. Benson and Stabler just bust in. And they're like, we're looking for Jessica Morris. She's like, I don't know who that is. Benson and Stabler walk into a room and see a bunch of girls at desks. They don't even look at them or anything. <gasps> it was like, so weird. Like nothing is going on. Yeah. Yeah. They're like acting like nothing is going on and then acting like the lady isn't yelling. Mm-hmm. It was super creepy. This woman says that the building is her school and she is a licensed teacher. This woman is Paula Haggerty. She finds the girls on the street and brings them there to like give them food and teach them and blah 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 Benson places Paula under arrest and finds an infinity symbol tattooed aka crudely drawn on with a fucking sharpie by the way <laughs> yeah on her wrist
1: we just believe in the infinite potential of these girls yeah she also has it as a tramp stamp <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then I wrote oh my oh my fucking god if this episode is what ushered
0: in everyone wanting infinity sign tattoos I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to go into the middle of the road and lay myself on fire <laughs> as they are leaving Stabler stops the girl they recognize from the missing posters he tells her he knows she's Jessica she's like my name is Marjorie and she's like really creepy about it mm-hmm. in the precinct Paul and her lawyer are in an interview room with Benson Stabler and Craigan.
1: lawyer Quentin this woman she's a babe by oh the way. my god very gorge i tried not to focus on Mm -hmm. it too hard but she is undeniably just gorge yeah she was in mulholland drive which is a good movie Mm -hmm. but also yeah just like so pretty like really pretty like super pretty she's like so pretty so you admit it you think you're really pretty
0: (laughs) paula had five 14 year old girls at the foundation that had been reported missing or kidnapped she said they ran away from home because their parents had treated them like shit and i'm like okay Mm. Paula has a degree in child psychology, and that's how she knew the kids were mistreated. Cragen is like, "Uh, well, you should fucking know that just because a teenager doesn't agree with their parents doesn't mean that they're being abused. And they could have been being abused, too. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah. The lawyer says Paula's salary for the foundation is paid by the board of directors slash charitable contributions. But Lang isn't on the board he owns the building and provided the initial endowment, but is not involved with the employees or clients. They show her a picture of Samantha and she doesn't recognize her. And then Benson's like, fuck that. You're going to be charged with kidnapping, you old ass bitch. <laughs> In the other interview room, Stabler's with Jessica, a.k.a. Marjorie or whatever. Jessica's parents are on their way to get her, but she's pissed and is like, I told you I'm not fucking Jessica. I'm Marjorie. Like, why take that name, by the way? Yeah, I don't
1: know. I mean, somebody must have given her that name. But yeah, she demands that her name is Marjorie Maddox. And he shows her her own photo and is like, dude, we both know that this is you. Also, I can't Mm. believe Huang's not here for this. He shows up later. But in this moment, I'm like, where the fuck is Huang? This girl's obviously been like brainwashed a little bit, right? Right. I I was wondering
0: why Stabler was the one that was talking to Jessica the most. Mm -hmm.
1: I was like, what are you? Well, he is a dad. So Stabler tells her how much her family misses her and she starts crying a little bit. We think it's about her family, but she's actually upset because she thinks (laughs) Paul Paula's gonna be worried about her and she belongs with Paula. And Staves is like, dude, you're 14. And I'm like, pause. I don't believe you. I'm going to IMDb. This actor is Kimberly Brown. She was born November 16th, 1984. This episode was released May 9th, 2003. She's 18 and looks every fucking day of it. Cracked it. I cracked the case.
0: She, I've seen her in other stuff. Yeah, she's been in
1: a bunch of stuff. Just like the dramatics with, you're 14. I'm like, yeah, no. Uh, this this woman can vote. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She says that she wasn't kidnapped and that she ran away because her parents didn't understand her. But Paula does. Oh my God, that's so teenager. You don't get me. Yeah, they don't understand <laughs> me. Paula gets me. Paula, this 90-year-old grandma, <laughs> she understands me. I know. <laughs> yeah, so this is me still in my fucking head thinking I know what's going on. But I said, is she brainwashed? Are they running a stem cell cult? Have I gone off the rails? Yes. This chick is
0: acting like fucking Paul is the Grateful Dead. Like she's following her. (laughs) (laughs) Like, You you know this is like, just like a ninety year old woman, right? <laughs> She's not doing twenty minute long sick riffs or whatever the fuck. God, that shit sucks. What Grateful Dead? Just the fish and the Grateful Dead, that Jam Band stuff? It there's, stresses me know, out. You know,
1: I I like a little bit here and there. I can't get into fish. I can't do that. But I've, there's been some.
0: I don't Jam Band stuff makes me very anxious. Yeah.
1: No, I had a buddy try to show me some live fish stuff, and I'm like, no.
0: I thought they were the same, like the like interchangeable.
1: Oh, they're different bands. Grateful Dead
0: and Fish. I mean, no, I mean I know they're different bands, but I thought they were like the exact same. Um, some
1: might, some might say that. I I've liked some Grateful Dead stuff, but not, uh, but I can't with the uh, with Fish. I don't know.
0: What was the uh, you know in the movie or the show The Patient? Yeah, the how, oh, how Kenny, Chesney. Kenny Chesney. What was it called? The um barefoot something.
1: I don't remember the, Yeah, the little like collection of the club that he's in or whatever. I was like,
0: Kenny Chesney has a fucking barefoot nation.
1: Barefoot nation. <laughs>
0: Oof! it's bananas how people are (laughs) people are weird to me it's bananas how people are i'm like fucking kenny chesney has a following you're making this guy's subpar music your personality what is this (laughs) anyway back to our svu podcast it's like no i don't want to hang out and listen to beach country (laughs) (laughs) whatever
1: get out of here second rate jimmy buffett Yeah. Okay. So Stabes shows Jessica a picture of Samantha.
0: What? I have to tell you about something real quick. I'm sorry. Oh my
1: God. It's an hour in. Let's go. Oh my God.
0: We're 18. It's fine. Um, we're, we're, my sister, my sister has a coworker that is a Jimmy Buffett, like psycho.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. Parrot head.
0: Yeah. You know how they all wear those hats? Mm-hmm. He wears it everywhere and he even has it on the website for his picture. His like professional pictures, like him in like, a suit with the hat on.
1: That is bizarre.
0: Ketter's like, you know, he's single. And I was like, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> he has a beard and like doesn't matter. No.
1: So, stable. Sorry, I used up that
0: precious time to talk about the par- the hat guy. <laughs>
1: Fine. I'm glad I know now. Stiebler shows Jessica a photo of Samantha and she says that she has no idea who she is. Mm-hmm. I think they're all lying. I think they do know her. Mm-hmm.
0: She also says Paul saved her life by taking her off the streets and teaches her stuff. And Stiebler's like, what the fuck does she teach? <laughs> stuff they should learn in school. And I was like, okay, I can't wait to find out what the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's like,
1: she teaches us to be good people. And it's like, that is the most general shit I've ever fucking heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the other side of the
0: glass in the Paris catacombs, Craig is a ghost and has been trapped <laughs> there for 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> craig and huang cabot and benson talk about all of the shit the other girls found at the foundation were from denver chicago omaha and detroit all high profile missing persons cases because they're all from rich families of course i mean that's why they're high profile mm-hmm. all the girls had similar backgrounds to jessica they all ran away they weren't kidnapped and they want to go back to paula cabot asks if it's stockholm syndrome but huang says it's worse that they've probably all been brainwashed
1: they're all totally devoted to paula and then benson calls it a cult because all the girls have mm-hmm. this infinity symbol necklace and mm-hmm. I'm like oh my god brainwashed a cult I've almost got a bingo here I was so invested in being you right were. when I was very wrong
0: this is so weird because this one I didn't care I was like it's Langton obviously we just have to get to it you know
1: I had just that brief moment of oh my god is this like a stem cell cult and then I couldn't let it go because I was like
0: yeah you were just trying to figure out yeah, like, you knew it was Lang too you just wanted to know what they were, fuck they were doing yeah. yeah
1: I knew it was some crazy well because it's in this kind of episode you just find out the crazy details it's like we're we, we, you're the first guy we meet but we know it's fucking you mm. and there's some weird wacky stuff all behind it
0: yeah Paula could be charged with custodial interference for not returning the kids to their parents and that's a misdemeanor that she can't be held on and I was like what? <laughs> really? That's a misdemeanor that you can't even like hold somebody for? For not returning missing children? Mm-hmm. That's fucking bananas. Huang says if it's a cult, Samantha could have been punished by being locked away. A lot of cults, quote, re-educate their members by locking them away without food or water. And then Benson's like, oh my god, you guys, that's how Coroner Warner said Samantha died. This is depraved indifference murder. Kragan says that there has to be more than five girls. Remember that guy that he had like a hundred necklaces?
1: They had made. Mm -hmm.
0: They got to find out if they're hiding any more girls anywhere else. We got to get back to that fucking foundation brownstone.
1: At the foundation brownstone, Benny Staves and the officers raid the place. They're looking for more evidence and more girls. Mm -hmm. The place had been completely cleared out. No furniture or decor. Everything moved out in just a matter of hours. Benny tells CSU mm-hmm. to get all the dirt off the floor. Every reasonable surface, she says, gets dusted for prints. I would say every surface is reasonable because if you don't know mm-hmm. there's a trampoline in the room, you won't dust the ceiling for prints. You know what I mean? That's so like right. you got yes. every surface. She's like, bring in the tramp. <laughs> the- Oline. Benny goes, this place has been sanitized. And Stabler mm-hmm. stares off in Cowboy and goes... Like, no one was ever here. And I took a video of that. That's the one I took a video of. Because <laughs> he sounded like he was from L.A. He was like, like, no one was
0: ever here. He had like a total vocal fry. Dude.
1: He, his mouth is no. open
0: for so long. We literally started at the same time. Hold on. The second floor is empty. <laughs> like, no
1: one was ever here. <laughs>
0: That's my That was my fir- my first video. Right, that, and I that love you that we did that.
1: Confirms, that confirms our friendship. <laughs> for, the, for the
0: millionth time. <laughs> <laughs> now we're at the precinct. Benson and Stabler are doing a walk and talk with Craig. And neighbors saw three trucks empty the place in a few hours. Someone was fucking tipped off. But in the precinct, they never let any of the girls that were in the cult near a phone. Mm-hmm. So maybe Paula or her lawyer tip someone off? Craigen says that the other girls got taken to a shelter and are waiting for their parents to come pick them up. But Jessica's still here because her parents just got to the precinct. It pans over and you see Jessica and her parents hug her and she does not look happy. Yeah, It's creepy cult shit. So Kragan wants Wong along for the ride. And I was like, yay, I love Wong. Yee. In the office of Joan Quinton, attorney at law, <laughs> um, Benson, Stabler and, Benson Stabler and Wong walk into an office where Paula and Lang meet with a lawyer
1: anyway this lawyer looks up at him and she's like beep boop beep you can't come barging in i'm with clients she (laughs) it's like they can't get somebody to look up from a desk in the beginning of a scene and just like sound like a human i feel like this happens all the time Mm -hmm.
0: but lang like puts his hand up and he's like i'll handle this joan (laughs) to his lawyer joan paula says she doesn't know shit about the brownstone being cleared out and then lawyer joan says the same thing Mm mm-hmm and then Benson's like, why the fuck do you guys have the same fucking lawyer? Lang says he called lawyer Joan to help Paula because she does so much for the runaways. Okay.
1: He's helping.
0: Benson asked him why the fuck Samantha had in vitro treatments, which Lang conveniently happens to perform. And then Wong, there's like he's standing behind Benson and he's like hard side eyeing Lang the whole time. Because mm-hmm. he goes, Well, anybody could have performed those. Like any any OBGYN. And you're like, come on. This reminds me of the episode, the one that we just had, the Ben Savage one, where it was like
1: the Fred Savage.
0: Or Fred Savage, where you, it was like, This isn't a coincidence, but you can't prove it. Right. I didn't have anything to do with it. Even though Samantha and all the girls had his infinity sign necklaces and even Paula has a fucking tattoo of it bullshit Lang gets all sassy and asks Wong whoop does the FBI have anything to say and then Wong says you enjoy this don't you Mr. Lang and he's like I enjoy helping these girls, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Joan, the lawyer, tells them if they aren't arresting anyone, they get the fuck out of her office, and then Lang, like, smugly smiles at Wong. Oh, I hate him. Wong, Benny, and Stabes get out of there. They're doing a walk and talk on the sidewalk. Huang is a little worked up, dude. He's, like, kind of pissed.
1: He officially diagnoses him and says, he's a narcissistic <laughs> bastard!
0: <laughs> yeah. He's calling all the shots. Even his ding-dang lawyer deferred to him. Can you believe it, you guys? benson totally gets how a 14 year old girl could be tricked by lang but his lawyer or paula two smart educated women wong brings up jim jones and how he got hundreds of his followers to drink poison kool-aid just because he was a charismatic dude Mm -hmm. and then Stabler,
1: (laughs) yeah i i wrote this out word for word
0: yeah Stabler says well these girls couldn't have been more vulnerable they're not attractive and i was like blink blink (laughs) (laughs) probably got bad grades in school etc weren't popular i was like social outcast wow
1: (laughs) let's leave the speculation to dr huang stabler he's like well they're kind of uggos so it's probably why it worked on them you know
0: (laughs) they're 14 they're 14 year old 18 year olds you have daughters i wonder if that actress knew that that was going to be part of the line and was like
1: hey i thought of that really the next time she was in a scene i'm like oh my god what if she had a watch party and she's like watching this with her friends she's 18 this is a big role you're on svu
0: and the main guy is like she's fat and gross or something or she's ugly anyway back to the not cute Vic. what a face on that cow huh (laughs) nobody's ever gonna love her Her face didn't tell me much. I had to turn the lights off because she was so ugly. She's so ugly she deserved it. (laughs) Okay.
1: I can't believe we even noticed that she was missing. Who cares, right?
0: Okay, so Huang says that the cult uses love bombing to get the girls to believe and then stay. They need to find out how the girls were targeted and taken to Paula.
1: Love bombing? What's that about? I've never (laughs) heard of it. (laughs)
0: i didn't even go into the explanation of it i, know. I was like we all know <laughs> i know we all
1: like all of us are familiar we've all dated that guy god a, lo- a good love bomb feels so good though. so good <sighs> god I remember. Rena- no i can't i don't have it's yeah i can so when my ex and i broke up like when we when you and i were hanging out like when we first started hanging out and my ex and i were mm-hmm. broken up and then we got back together i was like i'm done for show done with this mm-hmm. And then didn't answer his calls. And then one day I did and he called and he was like crying and said, I remember calling, maybe he was calling you. I called somebody. I was like, oh my God, he said everything that I've been wanting him to see this entire time. (gasps) This is so incredible. And then I fucking got sucked back in for like six years. (laughs) (laughs) And then he tried to do it again. Like when I left the last time and I was like, I know I'm almost 30 now and I know what this is. (laughs) and he was like let's get therapy together and you're like <laughs> wow that's uh interesting <laughs> Now Benny and Staves are talking to Samantha's parents. Benson tells them that it's possible that Samantha was starved to death and left in the alley. Oh my God. Oh,
0: these poor parents. They're like, okay, first she said she was a runaway. Now you're saying she's like, ugh, Yeah, she was like,
1: not only did your, are you finding out that she's dead, but she was probably murdered as well and starved. So she was tortured. Mm-hmm. Stabler asked about the time of her disappearance. Were there any new routines or friends or anything like that? Mom says that she only had a few friends and they were bad influences. They smoked and drank, so Samantha did too. I'm like, welcome to being 14. Mm -hmm. Her grades dropped, so mom and dad enrolled her in a tutoring program that aimed to help Quote, kids realize their full potential. And then Benny mm. fucking sticks her finger in dad's mouth. And she's like, shut up. What did you just say? <laughs> what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, kids realize their full potential? Is that a thing? And we're all like, oh! and Stabler's like, what's the name of that center? Fade to black. Boom. Hit it. They're at Knowledge Builders. Benny and Staves <laughs> are walking and talking with Miss Kondurski. I'm assuming the director. They ask if she recognizes Jessica. And she's like, mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm. I know we hate her, but like I like loved
0: her. the way she was like, I'm sorry, I don't like that fucking act. You know what I mean? I just thought she was kind of a bad bitch.
1: She had um, Joan Cusack energy. Mm-hmm.
0: She just seemed really confident or I something. I liked her attitude,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, but we hate her. But we hate her. Yeah, we hate her. Even the actress, whoever she is. Yeah. So I hope she didn't get any more jobs after this. I hope she's dead, <laughs> to be honest. She probably is. <laughs> She probably is just like any dog in a puppy calendar. Oh, dude. I I don't. Don't make me think about that all day.
0: Oh, my God. I got to give Danny back. He's going to die.
1: Stop it. Okay. And I'll take (laughs) That was a quick turnaround. Oh, you won't. Yes, I will. Should I get another one? No, Gabe. Well, this morning I was driving the kids to school and Jacoby asked about Friendsgiving and he was like, oh, who's coming? And I'm naming people and stuff. And I was like, Gabe's coming. And he goes, is Danny coming? Like, Danny's a person. And I was like, I'm sure that he is. And he's like, oh my God, I can't wait. I mean, it's fine. Gabe can come too, but like, I can't wait for Danny to come. I forgot about that potluck
0: thing. I gotta look at the thing.
1: Yeah, I wasn't trying to be a dick. I was just trying to like not do the emotional labor for you. And you're like, "What should I bring? What should I da da da?" And I'm like, "Just no, because I click on think, the thing. I because I did click
0: on it on my phone and I couldn't see anything, so I didn't know what you were talking about. And I was like, "I need to go on my computer and do it." I bet.
1: Oh, I, I mean, I can do it so on my phone. But there's a thing that says potluck, and then you can just sign up. And I didn't put any suggestions or anything. People just went under the categories. So like, somebody there's a sides category, and somebody put in mashed potato and then there's you know a dessert category and somebody put in a peach crumble oh, and you have to type in what you're gonna bring
0: yeah oh i thought you were saying that there's stuff you're supposed to choose that you had no because... there's yeah and no, so they're, that's they're... why i was like i don't see anything no mm-hmm. so i get it now okay oh my yeah. god what should i bring <laughs>
1: oh did i just bring um, a bunch of su-
0: sushi sushi
1: no it's it's just Chips? just think thanksgiving you can do pies again if you want did i bring pies D- didn't i forget the pies yeah and then you paid somebody else to go get them
0: that's right <laughs> That sounds right. I can't do this. Being alive. It's... I can't. I brought you almonds when you were... I brought you almonds and a clarbron.
1: When was that?
0: When you were going in, into labor and you're walking up and down the stairs. You're like, come here, bring me food. And I was panicking and I grabbed a sandwich you know what? bag. But of... that
1: was pr- probably all I needed.
0: No, you were mad about it. And then you told me to get the fuck off the stairs because you were going into contractions.
1: Because oh. <laughs> you were like, walk the stairs
0: with me. And I was like, okay. And then you're like, get the fuck off. I don't remember <laughs> and, that I blacked and out. John was like looking over at me, and I was like, ah, "Yeah." All I have is almonds and Clarabone. It's really, but I made I made it, I made up for it when you actually gave birth because you were like bring food, and I stopped at a place and brought like,
1: oh my god, and you hand fed me food. the fucking French toast. Oh, I hadn't eaten in like. I more think than... John did that. Was he was hand? No, he was eating it himself. No, that's right. Oh, that's he right. was sitting there eating it, telling you the crazy labor story, and I'm sitting mm-hmm. there just like following this fork with my mouth because I'm starving. <laughs> I had literally just. Been through the most intense physical thing I'd ever done in my life, and and you're like, yeah. put that in her mouth. <laughs> and you, like, had to tell him to feed me.
0: Oh, that's right. And you had you just had like one little sheet covering all of your private parts. And I was like, this is so weird. It's two AM. I was so I must
1: be lonely. Um, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh god i'm there's this tiktoker that's popping up for me all the time now and it's it's just this blonde woman and she's like hey you guys i was thinking about um this song like baby it's 3am i must be lonely and then it cuts to her again and she's like no i think it needs to be more like baby it's like <laughs> oh like baby <laughs> It's three i am i must be lonely yeah 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 you got it that sounds good you're to send that to me um, with like all these different songs i want to keep doing this so yeah me too i would love that they <laughs> where am i okay benson and stabler they're walking and talking with miss Kandurski, who i assume is the director they ask her if she recognizes jessica and she's like nope but Jessica went to the tutoring center before she disappeared. So they're like, hmm. Staves now shows Miss Kundersky Samantha's picture and tells her that she disappeared right outside of Philly and also supposedly intended knowledge builders. And this woman mm. is like, I don't like your insinuation, detective. And Staves goes, I don't like a liar, Miss Kundersky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was funny. She turns into <sighs> Stephanie Tanner from Full House and says, How rude. And then she asks him to kindly fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, she has her hands up. She's like, excuse me. And Benny grabs this lady's arm and <laughs> clocks her infinity symbol tattoo on her wrist. And she's like, uh, yeah, duh. We believe in the infinite potential of our students. So much so that multiple people tattoo this bullshit symbol on our wrist. Mm-hmm. They ask about Lang and she starts to get kind of skittish, but says that he's just an investor who gives a shit about the kids. So back off. Mm-hmm. And Staves is like, sure he is. And you're just a teacher, right? Gulp. <laughs> In the precinct, (laughs) a gulp, a gulp
0: (laughs) that was the best gulp I've ever heard.
1: In the precinct, the squad is going over everything. The knowledge builder, teacher, director, Kandersky got the same lawyer that Paula did. Okay, Lang's lawyer. Okay. Mm -hmm. All the missing girls that were found at the foundation had been enrolled in a knowledge builders tutoring program in their city. So they're everywhere. Yeah. So they got the cork board up, got the picture of Lang. Mm. And they've got the three women now, the lawyer, the director, and Paula, the like house mom, teacher lady. Mm -hmm. They're building this little pyramid. He's the one in control of all three of them. Paula keeps the girls in line. Kandursky gets the girls from the learning centers. And the lawyer keeps laying out of trouble. Mm -hmm. Huang says that he bets they give the girls personality tests right away to determine who's the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Kandursky's credit card statement shows that she had been in all of the cities the missing girls were from three days before all of them disappeared. Coincidence again, they all realize, yeah, it's a coincidence.
0: There's so many, it's a coincidence.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fish <blood laughs> under the water, uh. <laughs> yeah, there's too many coincidences, and there, but there's no real proof for anything,
1: right? Yeah, all the other girls have been returned to their homes out of state at this point. So, the only person that they have access to interview now is Jessica at the Morse townhouse. established' sitting outside with Jessica, and he goes, Has anyone ever told you you're not that pretty? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like the whole time he's talking to her, too, he's like trying to be like super chill. Like you can talk to me about stuff. I'm just a cool guy. You know,
1: don't be intimidated because I'm good looking. I know that's hard (laughs) for you, Uggos.
0: (laughs) Stabler asked Jessica about Paula. Jessica says she's the most wonderful person she's ever met. (laughs) Just like, okay. And the other gals all accept her just how she is. Every teenager fucking loves that shit. Jessica says that Lang is going to save the world. And Stabler's like, oh, like I said, he's trying to be cool.
1: Oh, how's he going to do that? Oh, crazy. <laughs> Tell me about that.
0: And the music gets all swelly and Jessica explains Lang's plan. She says the ozone layer is disappearing. The ultraviolet rays will make everyone sterile. That the only way our species will survive is by cloning living cells. And then Stabler's like, um, are you pregnant? <laughs> and Jessica says she is and is like super pumped about it. Mm-hmm. She says Lang chose her to be the mother of the future And she's carrying a cloned baby to be a surrogate And help a couple whose baby died She thinks she's bringing their baby back to life This is fucking insane
1: Bananas
0: And Stabler's like, did Lang
1: have sex with you?
0: And she's totally grossed out by that idea mm-hmm. She's like, no dude, I was impregnated via in vitro fertilization Yeah Stabler is doing a great job at being calm And says, hmm, where did he do this? You know, cut to doors bust open in the office of Lang I took a video of this did you?
1: Okay, I need you to hear it. So the sound they use when plowing through these double doors is ridiculous. It's the wrong sound. I didn't notice. It's like the same sound they use for a Bugs Bunny avalanche or for when somebody's chopping down a rickety old barn door to get away from zombies or something. It's like, hold on, let me pull it up for you. It's so bad.
0: Is there some sounds of like wood breaking on the ground and stuff?
1: Hang on. Doors clattering. Stop it. It is not that <laughs>
0: Yeah, it sounds like wood falling on the ground. Like it's like shattered wood, but it's two doors. Metal (laughs) double doors. (laughs) Like, wow.
1: It so weird. It was so... It's like... No. Wrong. Those um, buttons must be next to each other in the sound booth.
0: Yeah. They find Lang in the middle of doing an IVF, I think it's called, on another teenage girl.
1: Oh, my God. They
0: throw on fucking masks and walk in, and Lang is pissed that they possibly contaminated his sterile field.
1: It's also the ultimate svu moving boxes because he just slowly finishes the damn procedure while they're like um you're under arrest and he's like yep 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 just a second
0: yeah lang's like i'm gonna fucking make medical history stabler tells him not by making teenage girls guinea pigs fucking wake her up you're under arrest in the precinct interview room with Lang and lawyer Joan, Benson asks how many girls Lang has tucked away. His lawyer starts to jump in and he interrupts her again, just like he did last time. He says he doesn't have any other girls anywhere. And then he's like, All oh, the girls consented. And I was like, Do we need to go over how consent isn't possible with children again? Lang records show that this fuck promised people copies of their clone babies they lost in exchange for donations to the foundation. Benson calls it fraud, Lang calls it hope. So cloning is illegal in the U.S. now, mm-hmm. and Lang argues that it won't be when people start dying off. Lang also believes in immortality. Stabler tells him that he's full of shit and this is all make believe. Then Lang takes off his glasses and says, "Stabler, that's Irish Catholic, right? You believe a virgin gave birth to a baby? Do you think that was super popular back in the day?" And Stabler is pissed, and he's like, "What I believe has nothing to do with your case." He's like, "Don't." bring jesus into this yeah lane keeps arguing that all heretics were burned at the stake for even suggesting the earth was round he brings up darwin and how he was fucking ostracized for his ideas about evolution and then benson's like oh so you're saying you're the new darwin or messiah huh and he's like i wouldn't take it that far but (laughs) lawyer joan asks, what lane is being charged with this is where i recorded okay oh benson goes fraud and aggravated (laughs) sexual abuse (laughs) Gotta send it to you. She says it real weird. And Lang is like, "You don't seriously believe that those charges will stand up in court, do you?" So behind the glass, Cabot and Cragen are haunting some Parisian tourists in the catacombs. Oh, is he still there?
1: Yeah. So because there was two behind the glasses. I I wrote one just in case, but okay. What is it? It's okay. We don't have to. They can be in Paris. They can be in Paris. Oh my god! In the catacombs. Tell me. <laughs> okay, fine. But just in case they're not there, Cabot and Cragan are in Cragan's crab boil restaurant. <gasps> <laughs> I want to get boiled. Do you want to? I could get boiled today. I don't know. Ugh, I don't think I can today. Actually, we still got to walk down to that lady's house, and Walter needs to take a dump. I got. I got too many things to do. Uh, maybe tomorrow because I'm kind of ahead on editing. So maybe, maybe tomorrow. Wait, do you? Do you have tattoos tomorrow? I have an
0: appointment at 1230 that'll take like...
1: Wait, do I? Yeah, I do at
0: 1230, but that's it.
1: Wait, do I? Maybe we should have a little meeting, a little crab boil meeting. The the place you go downtown, is that right by the plaza? Yep. I was always like, where is that? Where is that? And we were driving to Tornado last night and it was fucking... I'm like, duh, it's right across from my old job.
0: I want to go to that one because we've been to the other ones already.
1: Right. Yeah, let's go see what it's really about. Okay. That was embarrassing that I said that, so...
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, did, you see, did you hear me? I was like, okay. <laughs> Let's go see what it's all about.
1: Let's go see what it's all
0: about. Uh 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 <laughs> <laughs> Okay, behind the glass. Cabot says Lang is correct they can't charge him it's not fraud because there's no intent and it's not rape because there's no penetration i can't believe that was a thing i know the girls are actually able to consent when it comes to reproductive rights they're allowed to choose to be pregnant however that happens the only way they can charge him is if they can prove he was involved in samantha's death this is insane yeah benson's
1: <laughs> i mean in my notes i just wrote wow <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Benson and Stabler are in ME's office. Corner Warner is ruling Samantha's death a fucking homicide. The DNA came back from Samantha's cheek. It was Paula's and probably from doing like mothering shit like wiping her cheek off, you know. Mm-hmm. Samantha's fetus has DNA from Samantha and a male. No cloned baby DNA since that is science fiction is what corner warner says mm-hmm. if it was cloned right, it would be the baby's dna not samantha's and a father's
1: right and stabler pumps his fist yes like yeah fucking
0: kip from napoleon dynamite yeah he's like geez whose is it they think lang is using his sperm to impregnate these i'm sorry i did that that was stupid <laughs> Jeez, whose is it like relax gabe <laughs> fuck i felt like um
1: stop trying to make me feel better about me being me five minutes ago no
0: I felt like Hillary Clinton, when she saw all those balloons come down, she was like, you know, that's what I felt like. It's like, calm down. Oh, my God. (laughs) that's so cringy. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, we know people are watching you. Got it
1: okay <laughs>
0: they think lang is using his sperm to impregnate these girls maybe samantha found out and that would be motive for him to kill her mm-hmm. cabot may be able to get a blood sample order for lang since she was able to get one for paula then they're going to try and match the dna
1: yeah oh look at me i'm here still trying to fucking make predictions i'm like dude they're gonna be lang's dna's for show just <laughs> <It's> so embarrassing <laughs> All right. Stay so was talking said, to Jessica now. I
0: said ding-dang lawyer, and I wrote that, I, so... God, it's- I had
1: a ding-dang thing pop into my head today, and I thought, oh, Kate would love that, and then I forgot what it was. Oh, I was like, this is <laughs> <laughs> ding dang ridiculous." Ding-dang Danny. So now... <laughs> Okay, now Stabler's at Jessica's house talking to her. She tells him that her parents want her to give the baby up for adoption. And he was like, oh, yeah, they took you to get a test, right? A DNA test. She's like, yeah, they wanted to make sure the baby was okay. And Stabler's like, mm-mm, that's not why. They wanted to find out who the father is. And Jessica goes, oh, that's ridiculous. Dr. Lang told me that the baby doesn't have a father because the baby is a clone. And Stabler goes, mm, honey, she, no. She, like, completely
0: trusts him. Yeah.
1: yeah. She goes, no, honey, he's lying. Thank you. Lang is the father of the baby. He did the same thing to Samantha and she Mm. does not believe it and spirals. Mm. I mean, everything that she thought was true is a lie. And then she just starts bawling and tells Staves what happened. Jessica says that it's her fault that Samantha's dead. Samantha (gasps) told Jessica that Lang was a fake and she was going to report him to the police. So Jessica told Paula. Paula Mm. told Jessica that Samantha had to be reasoned with. Then one day Paula took Samantha way in front of the girls and she never saw her again.
0: This poor girl like thinks that A, this is happening. This is crazy. But she thinks that she's like got a cloned baby to help a family that lost a child. And also that it's
1: her fault that her friend's dead. I know. This (sighs) 18 year old, 14 year old should not have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. At the trial, Jessica's on the stand and she's being questioned by Cabot. Jessica tells the court about Paula taking Samantha. She said that she put her in an empty room with no chair, no bed, no toilet, just a fucking bucket. And after that, Mm. she never saw Samantha again and didn't even know she was dead until the detectives came. Lawyer Quentin, the hottie, Joan, questions Jessica now. She asks her if there was a lock on the door, and Jessica's like, I don't know. And she's like, hmm, so it's reasonable to think that maybe there was no lock and she could have left at any time. And she could have left at any (laughs) time. And she could have, it's reasonable to think that there was no lock.
0: (laughs) Remember, remember the sugar water guy? Remember his wife? That's what she sort
1: of like. <laughs> it's anger, anger in an anger suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she... So she says, it's so it's reasonable to believe that there was no lock on the door and Samantha could have left at any time. Cabot's like, objection. Like they object over and over to each other. She then asked Jessica if she believed that Lang could clone a baby. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, did you believe that the human race was going to die out if you guys weren't doing this shit? And she's like, mm hmm. And do you believe that Samantha should have been punished for what she had done with your beliefs, believing this? She's like, yeah, but not like that. And she's crying and stuff. Then this lawyer says, oh, okay. So you're just as responsible for Samantha's death as anyone. And Cabot's like, objection, fucked up. And Quentin's like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, she's like withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Jessica admits that she had never seen Lang with any of the girls including Samantha, but that's because when they saw Lang, they went by themselves. Mm-hmm. And then she's like I I trusted him and I loved him and I mean this guy was kind of like the leader the way they looked at him. Mm-hmm. So then Lang takes the stand and he's all pumped and bragging that he cloned a cat and he believes he's close to cloning a human being. Cabot tells him that Dolly the cloned sheep only lived six years and cloned babies may be chronically sick or deformed 1996 is when dolly happened
0: he's like all medical visionaries have been vilified and i'm like you're the worst
1: cabot asked him why he promised cloned babies to couples when he couldn't actually clone humans and he's like (laughs) well i was actually offering them hope i told them these were their cloned babies but i i was giving them hope so he basically said that he was going to give them other babies until he figured out how to clone their dead babies.
0: Yeah. He cl- and she was like, what were you going to tell the parents when you had their actual baby? It'd Be like, calm down. Here's your clone baby. You have another child to think about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> He still claims that the girls consented. How is it fucking consent when the parameters of what they consented to are lies? That's my question. Cabot goes, consent? Cool. Did Samantha consent to being locked in a room with no food or water? And then this is when the other lawyer gets to object. And Cabot's like, mm, withdrawn. Yeah.
0: I literally wrote, mm, withdrawn. <laughs> <laughs> I got four M's. How many do you have? I had Five. What mm. Mm, John. see how that feels bitch mm. <laughs> what just the i'm like i wrote the same <laughs> we were one m away from us leaving our fucking <laughs> human body shells shooting into spaces souls meeting <laughs> and becoming one and for eternity smashing
1: into each other like captain planet and then another form would take place
0: yeah and it would be evil and inspiring <laughs> <laughs>
1: Instead of a king, you shall have
0: a queen. <laughs> uh, okay. What is it, what is it? More powerful than the ocean. I'm sorry. It's from Lord of the Rings.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, is that Little Mermaid? No. <laughs> Um, oh, well, that makes sense. So what Cabot's getting at is this is all about fucking money for this doctor. She goes after him again about Samantha fucking with his future plans and how he had a hand in making sure that she didn't fuck that up. She gets objectioned again and withdraws it. Stabler is silverback rilla grinding to my pony in the gallery. He's so excited. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because he understands what these withdraws are about. What? I have to read the, the whole quote, though. I know. Okay. I just have to do it. Okay? You just have to. Okay. Instead of a dark lord, you have a queen. Not dark, but beautiful and terrible as the dawn. Tempestuous as the sea and stronger than the foundations of the earth. All shall love me in despair. That's what I imagine us when we form <laughs> another. <laughs> okay. Um, I can't believe you typed that fucking... Mm, the, <laughs> magic <mic. laughs> oh, the... Magic mic. Oh, the magic
1: Mike. Withdrawn. <laughs> yeah, the... Um. <sighs> Yeah. If we both wrote that, I would just fucking burn my house down and just meet in the middle between our two homes. (laughs) Figure it out when we got there. Okay. So now... We just go to the pine cone or something? Or (laughs) (laughs) Now it is Lawyer Jones' turn to question Lang. He says he hadn't been at the foundation when the girls were there. Paula took care of the girls. Paula, Paula, Paula pointing that finger. Mm -hmm. He last saw Samantha a week before her death when he confirmed her pregnancy, but says that Paula made her own rules for the foundation so he doesn't know what took place there or what happened after he left. And I was like, ooh, Paula's going to take responsibility for the cause because she's brainwashed too. Mm-hmm. Still trying to make predictions. Still very wrong. That's not That wasn't wrong. I mean, it was close, but she didn't take responsibility. Oh, yeah. Cabot visits Paula in
0: jail. Cabot has another lawyer there, Langan. This
1: old lady somehow got a
0: hold of a turtleneck inside. I know. <laughs> she's like, I won't do this unless I have six turtlenecks to choose from. <laughs> anyway, she has Langan present for Paula while they wait on lawyer Joan because she's late or something. Mm-hmm. But Paula doesn't want him there. Paul, but... <laughs> 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 but but Paula doesn't even want him there. Cabot is like, "Why are you fucking doing this, Lawyer Joan?" Quote end quote. Lawyer Joan is just gonna tell you to keep your mouth shut. They're sacrificing you, my dude. I didn't write that. I didn't. I just said it. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Paula <laughs> the genuine apology is is the best. <laughs>
0: Paula says she would stay in prison forever if it meant that Lang would be free to continue what he's doing because he gave her something she lost in 1975. And they're like, yeah, your daughter. She's like, how do you know about her? And I'm like, they're fucking lawyers and cops, dude. (laughs) What are you talking about? Lawyers and cops. Lawyers and cops. We should write our own show and it's called Lawyers and Cops. It should be called Lawyers, Doctors and Cops because those are the only shows that... (laughs) Lawyers, Doctors, Cops. Lawyers, Doctors... Wait, no, it's got to be to the
1: song... To the... (laughs) To the... (laughs) the,
0: What's that? Um,
1: what was it again? Oh my God! You are the sunshine of my life. Was it that? Lawyers, doctors, cops. Oh yeah. No, (laughs) that's not what it was.
0: God, I don't remember. I don't know. Okay. So, anyways, it's really important that we remember, though. We'll get back to you. Yeah.
1: Lawyers, doctors, cops. or lawyers,
0: doctors, doctors, cops. I'm trying to think of other things to sing it to. Lawyers, doctors, cops. Lawyers, doctors, cops. No, I was thinking of, like, legislation, ligatures, and... Ligatures? What is- <laughs> <laughs> goes with cops with us and L? What? Doesn't matter. Okay. So... Paula's daughter went missing in 1975 and she was never found. So she wanted to help teens have a place to call home and Lang gave her that. Mm -hmm. Paula is convinced that the girl's parents should have treated them better. And she gets really kind of rowdy about it. She clearly feels guilty for how she treated her daughter before she ran away. Mm -hmm. Paula says that her daughter was very little when her husband left. And she's like, I didn't handle it very well. And she's welling up. And her and her daughter were constantly fighting. One day her daughter was gone and there was a note saying that she had to leave because she needed to find out. mother now paul is now just like straight up crying into her chair i'm like yeah that's (laughs) terrible i shouldn't even say that's awful
1: she's acting so it's fine so then somebody goes you've got a visitor and i was like holy shit (sighs) oh i thought you thought it was gonna be your daughter she's like mom it was like it was like a fucking daytime talk show and they're like no 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 it's just that ugly bitch jessica
0: (laughs) it's like mom i was in the backyard the whole time you moved (laughs) So fucking Jessica walks in and that makes them both happy. And they're hugging and they're like,
1: I love you. And she's like, I'm sorry. And Cabot's looking at them like, Jesus, this is fucking nuts.
0: Yeah. Stabler Stabler tells Paula that all Lang has done is manipulate her pain. Lang experiments
1: on the girls that trusted her. And she's the only one that can stop Lang. Mm-hmm. At the end of this scene, Paula holds Jessica's face like a Price's Right model as they both look at Stabes. I, I know. Please watch the video I sent you. Did you send it to me already? Oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Lawyers,
0: doctors, cops, lawyers, doctors, cops, making the laws and
1: getting the crimes and making sure everybody's healthy, (laughs) locking away all the bad guys and stuff, lawyers, doctors, cops, they've got to follow rules to get everything done right, that's all their jobs, (laughs) 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 their jobs are very different, but they work together in unison, hopefully to find the best end for everybody, (laughs) Lawyers, doctors, cops. God, I am just a
0: lawyers, doctors, cops.
1: I want to harmonize, do it. Lawyers, lawyers doctors, doctors, cops. Lawyers, doctors, cops. Lawyers, doctors, lawyers, cups. doctors, lawyers, doctors lawyers, cops. Doctors, <laughs> I don't think that was. I don't think either of us know how to harmonize. <laughs> I don't think we do either. <laughs> Here, I'll do it you try to harmonize Oh, uh, Lawyers, doctors, cups. Lawyers, doctors, cups. Lawyers, doctors, cup. cups.
0: Lawyers, doctors, cups. Lawyers, doctors, cups. Lawyers, doctors, cups. Lawyers, doctors, cups. <laughs> cups. I can't. Okay. I love how you put your hand on your microphone and put your hand up like you're fucking.
1: Mariah Carey.
0: <laughs> Mariah Carey. <laughs> Try to hit them whistle tones. Woo! Okay. Now we're in the court. Paula takes a stand and says that Kindersky, the recruiter lady that was at all the cities before when all the girls disappeared, mm-hmm.
1: the one that was like, You're rude, detective, get out.
0: Mm-hmm. So she would identify the girls at the learning centers and begin indoctrinating them. The girls were told to leave and come to New York on their own. Dr. Lang said it was to avoid kidnapping charges. Kindersky supplied the girls with money and fake IDs for the trip to New York. When the girls arrived to New York, Paula acted as their mother their teacher, their nurse, and she gave them their hormone injections to prepare them for the procedures Lang was performing. Paula said that when Samantha wanted to leave, she did what was in the doctrine, quote, reason with her, aka put her in a room. She was ordered by Lang not to give her food or water so that she could be, quote, reprogrammed. Lang came over and did the reprogramming at night after the girls had gone to
1: sleep. What does that mean? It's a it's a process. There's, there's a similar thing that I'm going to tell you about.
0: Okay. On the sixth night of Samantha's Quote, reprogramming, Paula went to check on her and Samantha could barely move. Paula went to give her water and Dr. Lane came in and took the water from her. And she starts crying a little bit. Hey, Danny, Danny, you have other stuff to chew on, not that.
1: You can chew on anything, but don't chew on that. <laughs> I'm going crazy
0: now. You can chew anything <laughs> like that. Wait, but Wait, You, you can chew anything it. you want, but you can't chew that. Oh, oh no!
1: Wow. Danny, you can't chew that. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate being alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I was just thinking of... Somebody get that 10,000... <laughs> The ten thousand uh, captain's chair. We want to make a song. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I just touched his wiener in an accident. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so okay. Hold on. I got, I got it. Samantha died in Paula's arms. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, we were just like laughing because the transition was so terrible. Oh um. All right. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Samantha died in Paula's arms. She was dirty. Yes. So- <laughs> Just (laughs) stop.
1: Okay. See your hair jiggling. (laughs) What?
0: See your hair jiggling. You're like.
1: Um, Okay. Start over. Samantha. Okay. Stop. (laughs) I can't. Get away from the mic. Don't don't use. Don't don't cup laugh.
0: Okay. Samantha. No. Okay, Samantha died in Paula's arms. She was dirty, so Paula tried to wipe her face and, like, did her hair and put a blanket around her. Paula and Lang took her to Paula's car. Lang told Paula to leave her and make her look homeless. Oh, my God, that's so fucked up. Uh... So Lang stands up and interrupts and he's like Paula why are you betraying me? <laughs> the judge tells him he's out of order and he's like this whole trial is out of order <laughs> and then he says and then randomly he says the cat's out of the bag folks but doesn't say <laughs> what the, what the bag is full of or whatever you know <laughs> the cat's out of the and, bag folks was that a yeah. reference back to how he cloned a cat? I don't know. Lang's arguing with the judge and then he's like removed from the court yelling shit about cloning and the end of the world and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Toyota.
1: Toyota. <laughs> All right, I've got this chaser. This there were a few things that could contribute to this storyline. The one thing that majorly contributed was something that nobody would have talked about in the nineties. Okay. Okay. We're gonna get into Scientology a little bit. Ew. Yeah. Ugh. Lisa McPherson was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. When she was young, her older brother died by suicide and not too many years later her dad would follow. When Lisa was 18 years old, at the guidance of her employers, she joined the Church of Scientology. Her boss at her job was a Scientologist. If you're unfamiliar with Scientology, I could fucking bunny trail us to China talking about that shit. Basically it's a religion made up by L. Ron Hubbard. He was a science fiction writer. This religion was made up in 1953 and they used to have way more secrets than and they do now. It was very, what's it about? Like, that's what drew me to it so much when there started to be documentaries and people defecting and like publicly speaking about it and shit. Some of the most prominent Scientologists have left the church and speak out against it. I got into it especially hard after Leah Remini left and she got really loud about it. Mm-hmm. I love her. She had that A&E yeah. show. And after L. Ron Hubbard died in 1986, David Miscavige took over in Leadership. And that guy's a fucking psycho. If you want to get lost in some shit, look up the disappearance of his wife. Still missing. Totally off the grid. Zero idea of where she is. Nobody knows where she is. She's dead. Wasn't she?
0: Yeah. Wasn't what's her face? Leah Leah Remini. Was she was into sci- she was into Scientology before she even started acting, right? Even when she was a kid.
1: Yeah, she was raised. Was, right? She was raised in Scientology. Yeah. She wrote a book about it, which was really good. I read. Uh, but she was raised in it. And then um, one of the things that got her in trouble, she started to be like getting in trouble for shit. They were at Tom Cruise's wedding or some shit. And she's like, hey, where the fuck is Shelly? Miss Cabbage. Where's Dave's wife? And everybody's like, shh. She's not here. And it's like, she, this is like the biggest wedding of Scientology. So that's fucking weird she's not here. And I'm going to keep asking questions about it. And everybody's like, Mm-mm. she's just, she went somewhere else. She's working somewhere. She's doing something. And she's been missing for years and years now. What? What? Yep. There's no proof that she's alive. Why would they kill her? Oh, God. A myriad of reasons, I'm sure. If she was going to, like, Like, if she was thinking about leaving Scientology, and David Miscavige is an abusive fucking dude. He punished a lot of his uh, people that worked directly for him with physical beatings and shit. So for it to not be his wife, you know, and it makes the church look bad. If she were to leave, like, who knows? Who knows what, what they, why she's missing? So Lisa McPherson got so into Scientology that she spent enormous, amounts of money on taking courses, being audited, and just working her way toward, quote, going up the bridge, which is basically working to obtain spiritual perfection. When a Scientologist has reached that point, it's called going clear. Auditing also is a huge part of this process. It's wild. Okay, so the person being audited sits across from the auditor, somebody who's been trained to use this machine. It's called an electro-psychometer. They call it an e-meter. What this machine supposedly does is When the person being audited is holding on to the little handles, it reads their emotional state and this needle moves around. Mm -hmm. Then they sit and talk about shit like an unlicensed therapy session, basically, until the emotional response to these things they're talking about doesn't register on the e-meter.
0: I totally thought you were going to do Jim Jones.
1: Just because they said that? No, no, no. Just wait until I get deeper because then you'll... Oh, no. I was just... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, because they did mention Jim Jones. But I'm sure that there's Mm -hmm. something in the future that's more Jim Jones. And if not, we'll eventually talk about him. Lisa, who had an unfortunate amount of experience struggling with her mental health, had spent tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars just on audits alone. They can cost like $1,000 an hour for these audits. The church makes so much money on them because it's it's a required— I got to start a cult, man. Yeah, it's a required part of moving up the bridge and that not even the like to mention the cost of these courses— Also, Scientologists do not believe in psychiatric care. In fact, they Mm -hmm. consider it a form of abuse. They do not take medication for mental health issues, like psychiatry all of that is bad remember that interview that tom Tom cruise Cruise did with matt lauer and he called him
0: glib (laughs) yeah and i was thinking about what's he was like giving what's her face shit for having i think it was taking medicine yeah it's like
1: yeah it was a heated conversation i'm
0: sorry can you even have postpartum right
1: yeah yeah. Uh, it was a mental health conversation talking about psychiatric care why tom cruise was weighing in on it i have no fucking idea but yeah it's a very strong belief in scientology in 1994 lisa moved from her hometown to live in Clearwater, Florida, which is basically Mecca for Scientologists. Mm, Yeah, my parents lived right by there. Yeah. Everything she did was surrounded by the Scientology community. Her work, uh, she moved there with her work. So she wanted to be closer and be able to immerse herself in it more. In June yeah. of 1995, Lisa was struggling to work through what she thought was her emotional trauma. She was struggling with suicidal ideations and told her friend Susan Schoenberger, quote, I think I'm going crazy. Oh. She dove hard that summer into help from the church. On September 7th, 1995, Lisa was declared clear and in a ceremony by David Miscavige himself, meaning that through Scientology and all of her hard work, she had rid herself of all fears, anxieties, and irrational thought. Those okay. mental blocks were declared completely gone. When this happened, there was like a ceremony and everything. And when this happened, she said, this is more exciting than anything I've ever experienced. That was in September of 1995. By October, okay. Lisa was struggling again. She called an old friend in Dallas, Kelly Davis, and suggested to Kelly that she was wanting to leave Scientology and would be moving back to Dallas. On November 15th, Lisa was at a trade show for work, but was behaving so strangely that a co-worker took her back to Clearwater. Three days later, on November 18th, 1995, Lisa rear-ended a boat on a trailer while driving her Jeep Grand Cherokee. It was very minor, little fender bender. The grill on Lisa's Jeep was slightly damaged. That's it. A frenzied Lisa went up to the other driver, put her hands on his shoulders and asked, where's the people? Where's the people? Police oh. came to the accident and determined that it wasn't serious. As they were wrapping things up on the scene, Lisa stripped down completely naked and started walking down the street. When a paramedic asked her, what are you doing? Like, what's what's going on? And she said, I wanted people to think I was crazy because I need help. I just need someone to talk to. Yep. Lisa was transported to Morton Plant Hospital for a psychiatric evaluation. While at the hospital, doctors were discussing whether to have her Baker acted, which California is 5150. In, in Florida, Baker Act is a 72-hour hold yep. you know, to evaluate her mental state. Her behavior was robotic and distant. Mm-hmm. And so she was finally going to be able to maybe get some help outside of Scientology. Yeah. So this little accident happens, right? Lisa's boss had caught wind of the accident and found out that Lisa was at Morton Plant Hospital. She alerts the church, and ten members of the church made their way to the hospital to surround Lisa. Joe Price, a clinical nurse specialist with a psychiatric background, was on duty, and after a while, was able to talk to Lisa privately, where she told him she no longer needed help and would be signing herself out. Uh, nurse Price, in an interview, recalled thinking, "quote My God, this lady's a prisoner." So like. These these people show up, they come in, they talk to her for a while, and pretty soon she's like, oh, never mind. I'm just going to go with them. Yeah. I don't need help anymore. Thank you. So they took Lisa to the Ford Harrison Hotel. This is a building owned by the Church of Scientology. She was taken to room 174 and declared a type 3, which in Scientology means in a psychotic state. Okay. It was later said she was taken there for rest and relaxation, but instead, once there, she received Scientology's version of psychiatric care, which is something they call... An introspection rundown. This is very similar to what they were talking about in the episode, the reprogramming. Okay. Okay. An introspection rundown is basically isolation and being closely monitored by an assigned case supervisor. They keep Mm -hmm. stimulation extremely low, do not speak to the person receiving the care and medicate them with vitamins. Only the case supervisor is allowed to communicate to the person receiving the introspection rundown, and that is to be only in writing. The goal is to get the person to become calm enough to participate in an audit. The person has to prove to the case supervisor that they are back to having their mental clarity. So she was not only watched 24 hours a day, but the door was also guarded. Okay. The supervising doctor for Lisa McPherson, Janice Johnson, did not have a license to practice medicine in Florida. Not only that her license had been suspended in Arizona, the state that she had been in prior. Ugh. They kept daily detailed activity logs and guarded her room for 17 days. During this time, Lisa was experiencing hallucinations, paranoia, she had violent outbursts, she tried to leave, asking for help. After a few days, she started spitting out food and completely refused to eat. She talked about the people around her controlling her body, how she invented Scientology. She was having a full psychotic episode. Oh. They gave her Chloralhydrate, which is a mild sedative, an unlicensed staff dentist mixed aspirin, Benadryl, and orange Juice in a syringe and squirted it down her throat to get her to sleep. She got weaker and weaker as this went on. Like, this is how they were trying to manage her. At this point, Lisa had lost a significant amount of weight. She was critically dehydrated, could not walk on her own, breathed very shallow, had fixed eyes, and wasn't blinking. On December 5th, 1995, two members of the church were bathing Lisa when her sphincter relaxed, releasing her bowels. This is a big sign in this kind of situation. They're like, she needs immediate medical care. Mm -hmm. And they told this to Janice Johnson, the doctor that was monitoring, right? Uh-huh. Johnson came by two hours later to check on Lisa and she determined that Lisa was severely dehydrated and possibly septic which is the body's extreme response to infection. Right. Instead of taking her to the hospital that they signed her out of 17 days prior which was five minutes away, they took her to a hospital in Newport Ritchie about 45 minutes away. There were actually three other emergency rooms in between those hospitals but at Newport Ritchie Hospital, Dr. David David Minkoff, a scientologist, was waiting. Okay. He had been prescribing her meds without having seen her. PS. Oh my god. What the and fuck? And so they had decided like this is the only option she has to go to Dr. Minkoff. Like the vitamins, you mean? Um I think the hy- hydrochloride I think oh. that mild sedative um was a prescription. By the time they got to the hospital, Lisa was not breathing, had no pulse, and no heartbeat. Lisa was declared dead at 36. A police investigation into Lisa's death began the very next day. When cops went to room 174 at the Fort Harrison Hotel, they found it completely refurbished. It had a new king bed, which replaced the two queens that had been there prior and completely cleaned out. The Scientology Shore story for Lisa's death, which Shore story is just like cover story, was that everyone was aware of. Every single Scientologist was telling the same story. And Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for a police investigation, this would have just been what they went with. Yeah, They told police that her stay was normal and just based in rest and relaxation. Remember, she had been stressed out Uh and was taking a break. It was totally voluntary. She was perfectly healthy during this entire time and then suddenly got sick with meningitis. Like She got sick at noon and then rapidly declined. She specifically requested to go to Dr. Minkoff and then died. Okay. Scientologists stuck to the story even after in 1996, Emmy Joan Wood's conclusion for the cause of death came out. She said it was a blood clot in her left lung caused by bed rest and severe dehydration. So their claim that she suddenly fell ill and that this was an unfortunate accident didn't line up. Yeah. The Emmy went on to record saying that their version of things was absolutely impossible. Her health gradually deteriorated over a number of days, and she likely wasn't even conscious toward the end. Paramedics Mm. at Lisa's fender bender on November 18th guessed her weight at about 140 pounds, but when her body was weighed on December 5th, it was 108 pounds. Whoa. So behind the Scientology scenes, following Lisa's death, Marty Rathbun, top lieutenant under David Miscavige, was in charge of damage control. He had the room Lisa was in completely clean, Replacing the beds, all of that. He sent the notes taken over the time Lisa was held to the LA headquarters to David Miscavige. All except for the last three days of notes, he ordered those to be shredded. So this entire time that she's in room 174, meticulous notes are being kept. Everybody who's interacting Mm -hmm. with her are keeping notes on her behavior, what they're doing. They didn't have to turn this over until they were subpoenaed, of course. Mm -hmm. But they have all of these notes. But the last three days of notes are gone. But how do we know that Marty ordered them to be shredded, right? Mm-hmm. He defected from the church in 2004 and has since come forward with damning information about the church, including Lisa's last days. Oh, shit. He has said it was, quote, a perfect storm of incompetence and irresponsibility within the church, Mm -hmm. and you couldn't justify that. So that's the only reason we knew that that was intentional. You know, all of that shit was intentional. And he's been called a liar. And I mean, they do a smear campaign on anybody who speaks out against them. You know, of course, Um, Leah Remini. Is the devil to them. But yeah, Marty Rathbun has been I mean he was like the right hand man to fucking David Miscavige. So he knows mm, like everything. everything and has spilled all of it. Good. He's very into sharing the truth of the matter. Do they have like a deity they believe in? No, I mean it's L. Ron Hubbard and you're really kind of like your own thing. It's really fucked up. Like, how like the, the way they treat kids is super fucked up. Abusive. I, I mean, they they behave as if, a, like, kids are adults. You're all adults. Um, mm-hmm. Your relationship with your own children is no different than your relationship with anybody else. So, like, when your kids are of the age to, like, go to, like, basically work camps, you know, go be in the Sea Org, you don't have a choice. You know, your kids belong to the church. If a family member leaves you're not allowed to speak to them mm. even if they're not like because they're they're a suppressive person like if somebody leaves the church of scientology they're considered a suppressive person that's why like all the shit like when katie holmes left fucking tom cruise it was all done under the cover of night i, I, I saw this other thing where this dude left and he like i just remember him telling the story about like hopping on this motorcycle and like getting out of this gate and whatever because you're it is not optional like you sign your life they live away from, there right Huh?
0: They all live in like a place, right?
1: There's places that, that Scientologists can live, but there's like barracks and whatever else. And so then they work for Scientology. Like they, their whole life is Scientology. Mm-hmm. It's a cult operating in plain sight. And everybody knows it's a cult. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. But so one of the things that I read was that why would they make this big thing? Because people were like, David Miscavige didn't declare her clear. That's not what happened. That's not whatever. And Marty Rathbun's like, yeah, he literally did. People that it are still there. in Scientology say it wasn't, but it's like, yeah, he did. Well, why would they fight that? Well, it would it would make Scientology look bad if he yeah. declared her clear and then, and then she, she had a psychotic yeah. break a month later because then he's mm-hmm. wrong yeah. and Scientology doesn't work and whatever else. And like, there's too much riding on that. Yeah. One of the things that Marty said that he did was um, he sent an emissary to Lisa's funeral in Dallas mm-hmm. to offer Lisa's mom whatever she wanted To make the investigation go away. At the
0: funeral? She was like, if
1: she, yes, if she wanted $5 million, (sighs) we were ready to give her $5 million. Like, we would have done anything Mm -hmm. to make this go away. And her mom told him to fuck off. Yeah. Three Scientologists who were helping care for Lisa during this time fled the country. More than one of these people, including Janice Johnson, lied to Clearwater Police, telling them that they had not been performing an introspection rundown. That wasn't happening. And so that wouldn't be the thing that caused her death. Mm -hmm. Lisa's family filed a wrongful death suit in 1997 it was settled in 2004 for an undisclosed amount In November of 1998, the state of Florida charged the Church of Scientology with two felonies, criminal neglect and practicing medicine without a license. Mm -hmm. In 2000, the charges were dropped because the M.E. changed her cause of death findings from undetermined to accident. Okay. Because of this, the criminal charges were dropped. Prosecution didn't have a case if the M.E. called Lisa's death an accident. Yeah. This is the same person who said that It's impossible that what they said happened, happened. But there's speculation that they because they're good at digging up dirt, too, that they that they threatened to ruin her in some way. That's how they operate. They're fucking bullies and blackmailers. Hmm. So there was no criminal case. But I mean, all they got out of it was the fucking civil case. Lisa's mom did. Overall, Scientology invested 30 million dollars. In fighting this case, they had all the money in the world to fight having Lisa's blood on their hands, and they've never been held accountable. Scientology now makes prospective members sign what critics call the Lisa Clause, which absolves the cult of responsibility if they decide a parishioner needs an introspection rundown. So, hmm. but she had the same kind of stuff. She had fucking bug bites and stuff all over her. She had mm-hmm. just bruises all over her body from being held in this silent room. Well, next week. <laughs> but I encourage anyone to just like read Leah Remini's book. Fucking watch Going Clear. I think it was on HBO. Leah Remini did this A&E show after she left. I was so like when she left and she's like, hey, fuck Scientology. I was like, oh, I cannot fucking wait for this. Yeah. It's so good. Okay.
0: Next week. I got to start saying it's a little more down because after, <laughs> I've been noticing that aft chasers, they're always really sad. That I'm like, next week. <laughs>
1: You know, yeah. Or you could just do like a different kind of transition with a go. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think it sounds fine.
0: Well, that's why I'm just gonna be like sort of neutral.
1: Okay. Um, next week.
0: Hold on. Next week. Next week we got season four <laughs> episode.
1: <laughs> I almost did inhale robot, and I was like, I think we're past that now. It's so I weird that you so. did that. I think that we should
0: today. bring it back. I forgot.
1: Oh my god.
0: Never forget me. <laughs> what What's coming next week
1: besides me? <laughs>
0: Uh, let's measure those balls. <laughs> <laughs> <The> <laughs> doctors, cops, and lawyers. Doctors, cops. <laughs> lawyers, doctors, cops. Lawyers, doctors, cops.
1: Lawyers, <laughs> doctors, cops.
0: Oh my god I'm dying. I'm going to pass out. You did it so weird. <laughs> I'm going to
1: pass Sucking out. They're <laughs> lawyers. doctors, cops. <laughs> 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 Oh, my gross. Zucking
0: on a chili dough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I can't. I'm going to like pass out from laughing too hard. Barefoot naked, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Gaggy Jesse fucking (laughs) rules. Okay. I can't do this now. Hold
1: on. Uh, You ever have to get all your... (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) You ever have to get all your parts lubed up because you got your electronic dick sucked at a Kenny Chesney concert on the beach? <laughs> <laughs> that sand is never coming out.
0: You're making me Tom DeLuise, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that sand's never coming out. <laughs>
1: Oh, Sandy in my it's Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got to be fucking done. We got to go. <laughs> You're doing this. I can't help okay. it. <laughs> okay. <sighs> hold on. Wait, do the scene. Do the thing. Hold on. I'm
0: trying. Hold on. Do- Gabe, shut up. Do it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we got season four, episode 25, Soulless. The gang thinks a bunch of socialites raped and killed a woman at a nightclub. Great. This is going to be a whole thing where they have to tread lightly because they all have money.
1: Ugh. yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. the brass pretzels. Yeah, it's going to be annoying. <laughs> it's also the last episode of season four. Can you believe it, guys? It's going to be great. It's going to be fucking great. Rate and review us. Give us five stars. Email us at svupod at gmail.com. We are currently and kind of always taking fucking ghost stories We've got this show coming up. Yeah. Give us a good one because we will uh, do it live. If I feel like it's going to make Gabe shitter pants, mm-hmm. send us stuff if you want. P.O. Box 176, DeForest, Wisconsin 53532. Check out our Instagram at SVU Pod and join the Facebook group, SVU Pod Elite Squad. Also, hashtag little bit loud for indie pods and join the Patreon. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> To our Lead Squad Patrons, Haley K., Sonia W., Sky K., Marissa M., Elkie H., Annie G., Mary D., Andrew. Andrew, Rebecca D., Miranda B., Shelby W., Lex,
0: Emily T., Kayla W., Mallory G., Bonita R., Man. Marin,
1: Vanessa, Amy P., Jess M., Summer M., Melanie G., Courtney W., Ursula S., Emily A., K.H., Uyaga, <laughs> Nicole R., Julia
0: P., Sapphire, ew <laughs> I know I said that when I'm real sexual sorry Sapphire <laughs> 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 Kayla Allison B Catherine M Kate P Jessica S Nicole M Acacia V Daniel W Kelsey D Jenna M Joshua H
1: Tammy J Bear, Bear Crystal Lucy M Trisha S Sam D Laura D Laura I Emily A Angela D Mac, Mac Attack Casey W Abby W Alexis J Lauren T Cassandra S Kaylin B Camilla Z Nisha G, Maggie D and K, Allen, K Helen, yum. <laughs> yum. <Yeah. laughs>